When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No breaks. No breaks. No fear. No fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of No Breaks, No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast. I'm Ian Brannan and every week through the Speedway season, join us for exclusive interviews with key figures of British Speedway both on and off the track. This week, we kick off with two huge influencers of British Speedway. We're going right to the top table. And a promoter from the Premiership and Championship 2, British Speedway Promoters Limited Chairman Rob Godfrey and Ipswich promoter and all-round British Speedway legend Chris Louie. There's no doubt in my mind that it's it's the best package that British Speedway's had for a long time. No, I, I think it's going to be a very interesting-looking Premiership this year and very competitive, for sure. We're also speaking to Wolves and Edinburgh star Sam Masters and how he's excited to be racing against one of his childhood heroes this year. Oh, when you're a kid and you're seeing Jason Crump, man, you'd get weak at the knees because he was just like a, he was a hero and I don't forget that. We'll catch up with Bjarne Pedersen. The ex-Grand Prix star is spending his final year in Speedway, doubling up with Plymouth and Peterborough. It feels just right. Uh, so many seats and all that and I'm really, really look forward to it, yeah. And we're going to be catching up with some of the stars who were in practice action at Leicester earlier this week and something for the Sheffield Tigers fans speaking to James Wright and Troy Batchelor. I'm like the highest average rider in the country and, and whatnot, but yeah, like I'm just worried about myself. No breaks, no fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome along then to episode one. Here we go. May I just take this opportunity to suggest that you might want to follow us or subscribe to us on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Um, Just so you don't miss any future episodes, we're going to be here every Tuesday through the Speedway season between now and the end of October, rounding up and previewing everything that's happening in the sport. Between now and the middle of May, we're going to be looking ahead to uh, what's in store. We can almost smell the methanol. We can almost hear the bikes warming up. It's uh, getting very exciting and we start at the very top table of British Speedway with the chairman of British Speedway Promoters Limited, Rob Godfrey and one of these fellow directors and of course promoter at Ipswich and an all-round British Speedway legend, Chris Louie. Welcome Rob and Chris. Hi Ian. Hi Ian. Uh, what an introduction that was, eh? Yeah. A over <laughs> the top on my, on my behalf, I think. There <laughs> and, we go. Mine is, well, and mine as well, yeah. <laughs> I, I always say you need to start big. Um, but Chris, you, you, know, you were part of one of the greatest British Speedway teams of all time, the Ipswich 98 team. A lot of people regard that as one of the the greatest sides ever assembled. So if that doesn't put you on a pedestal, then I, I don't know what does. Well, yeah, I mean, I was skipper of that lineup, but it was um, it, it was the easiest job I've ever had. You know, when you're riding with guys like Tony Ricardson and Thomas Gollum, um, you know, it, it's sort of all fairly easy, really. So uh, I, I sort of class that as, yeah, obviously a very big year for the club and for myself and all of my teammates. But it was just just a whole lot of fun, really. Yeah, I can imagine. What a team. And I'm sure Ipswich 98 will uh, will get a few more mentions through the course of the year, I'm, I'm fairly sure. Let's turn our attention to the 2021 season then. Uh, Rob, uh, obviously this week we've seen in England uh, further 
relaxations of restrictions, shops opening up, you can have a pint in a beer garden now, you can even get your hair cut and uh, Speedway will uh, feature in the next round of relaxations as we come towards May. For fans wondering, obviously a lot of work has gone on through the course of the last year to make Speedway uh, be able to happen. What will Speedway look like in this new normal? Well, we were lucky last year, as I say, we did some tests on the ground uh, grassroots meetings last year. And I think that's the normal. You know, I think that as long as people social distance for the for the weeks that we're going to have to do before restrictions are off, I think that uh, we may have to tick it in. Um, but we, we've got capacity in our stadiums. That's, that's the beauty about Speedway. We've got capacity in our stadiums to... to make sure it happens um, so that everyone get, can come and watch that wants to come and watch. I suppose it's the, the wide open spaces that Speedway has. Obviously, we're not dealing with like football-style crowds where everybody's hemmed in together and all that. There are some quite large uh, spaces available at many of the tracks, aren't there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, 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 Ipswich has got a big seated stand, obviously, um, Bellevue, etc., um, that they'll have a diff, probably a different set of rules to to a track like myself that has got probably just fifty seats. But you know, government guidelines, talks with DS, DCMS, um, local councils will be going on, and we will make sure that um, we're giving every opportunity to start the season with as many spectators that we need. That, that's the key. And rules often applied maybe differently in different parts of the country as, as they see it with different councils and local authorities. What work is going on to try and even the picture up to make sure that all the clubs have a, as even a chance as possible of having as many fans in as possible? Well, that, that's our communication with DCMS. I mean, we've, you know, no one had ever heard of DCMS before COVID had hit and, and all we had really was the APPG, was the all-party political group for Speedway. They used to represent us in Parliament, but um, our relationship with DCMS now, we have a caseworker as such, um, we have a direct line with emails and we have direct line for information. We get the information as and when it comes from government. So we've got a fantastic rapport with them now. Um, so regarding anybody that's got issues, and I know there was a, a, a club up north with an issue this week, we were straight on to DCMS, we were straight on to the APPG, and we're confident that we'll solve that problem. How many fans do we ideally need through the gates for most clubs in order to, to make it viable? Well, you know, based on what the government are telling us, there, there won't be any issues with, with spectators. You know, there might be a few bumps in the road. Um, I believe that crowd levels that we saw in 19 will be allowed into the stadiums in 21. Um, so based on, you know, capacities... Um, but there's going to have to be some work to be done on that for, to that, for that to be achieved, to get that COVID secure um, policies in place once that's in place. And, and as I say, with the, the councils that we've been speaking to, all the councils want their stadiums to open and, and will help, you know, stadiums to, for, for that to happen no one wants uh, it, we've had no negativity from any councils whatsoever that we've encountered obviously we haven't encountered them all but so far we've had no negativity and um, so that, that that's the key and we just want speedway to get up and running we, we'd be proud if it was the first live sport to be back operational in this country with fans in the stadium we think that it could give us a boost but ultimately it is to get up and running and get to 22 when hopefully normality in its entirety will return. That's that's the aim. 
And tell us a bit more about the funding that's that's been received from uh, from the government and the, the DCMS. Uh, you mentioned there you've been working with them, but they've helped Speedway out financially quite significantly, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, there was a pot of money available, for, I think it was last November, um, 300 million was quoted. Um, we weren't in that um, original feeder pot, but um, DCMS passed it across to Sport England and tried to identify sports that were in a great need to keep them going so they could restart. So we ended up in that pot of money. Um, we They have been, uh, any, any club that had a need for the money, and uh, you know that was in danger of not going to the tapes um, got um, an audience with Sport England and they together offered them a package to to keep them going um, originally our, our pot of money now was was announced in the Treasury's um, budget it's the summer one of which anybody once again has problems of getting to the start tapes will that will be they will be eligible to at least means test for that money so it's um you know once again <clears throat> we, it's it's new territory to to anybody that's been involved with speedway this this kind of thing um myself chris damien and matt um have uh, have had to adapt and and talk to these high profile people and and, and push our sport forward and i think we've done an exceptional job in getting recognized because uh, you know People see us as a not a mainstream sport, but these these people actually see us as um, you know sport with, with rich history that, that, that this country needs to keep going. So it's um, very encouraging. And Chris, now turning to you, uh, Rob mentioning there that stadiums with seats might have a little bit of extra work to do versus those um, more out in the open air. What have your preparations been like at Ipswich and how are things looking for you? Um, I think every club is is going to look slightly different in terms of, of their COVID security plans. Um, my attempt to run the British final was doomed in the end. You know, we, we started with 300 people, which is um, you know, if if the same social distancing rules are going to apply come May 17th, um, then that will probably be our limit. Although at the moment, obviously, um, government are talking about 50% or 4,000, whichever is the lower figure, which which would be 4,000 at, at Foxhall. So, um, you know, there's still a few uh, minor unknowns at the moment and, and every club will probably look slightly different, but we also want them to be comfortable and enjoy themselves. So, um, you know, there, there's a lot of thought going to go into the, the process of making sure that that's the case. And looking at the youth scene, um, some big changes there this year. We've got the Premiership Junior League starting. There's um, a whole host of National Development League clubs in operation. We've got the Rising Star system. Plenty of chances for the stars of tomorrow to get some extra experience. Yeah, I mean, um, it's vital. You know, it's absolutely vital. I think um, it's no it's no secret that Poland have, have changed their ways and decided that uh, they want to keep um, you know some of the world-class riders to themselves in Poland, and um, they've got an awful lot of money to, to to be able to do that. So you know we've got to look at at uh, growing our own talent as as we have a rich history of doing. And and you know if you go back through um, the various generations, we, we've we've had some fantastic British riders, some very successful um, British teams, and and we've got to head back to those days. So you know that's very much the the thinking and. Um, the Rising Star program is, is really just to give opportunity, uh, more competitive uh, races and laps 
to, to these young guys and also a bit more structure. You know, we've, we've got the, um, the Premiership Junior uh, meetings going ahead and, and that, again, for, for below the, the lower end of those Rising Star riders are going to have the opportunity to, to get more competitive racing. But more importantly, they'll, they'll be there uh, with the likes of Jason Crump, Danny King in, in terms of Ipswich, um, and obviously a lot of other top riders at other clubs to, to actually be on hand and help them firsthand and, and, and really try and bring them on that, that much faster. So, you know, we're looking to um, also get involved with the academy at, at Team GB who, you know, um, under Rob Painter are doing an absolutely fantastic job. I mean, you, you look at our, our national team now, Team GB, you know, represented so well on the world scene, looking fantastic, the bikes, the, the suits, the uh, set up in the pits. Um, and that's just what you see, what goes on behind the scenes with the nutrition and the training and the psychology and um, everything else is, is you know, world class. It's, it's the best in world speedway. So, um, you know, other nations are, are following. We saw Poland uh, working very hard last year and the year before to, to make strides to sort of basically catch up um, in that respect. So, you know, we've, we've got some things right, but, it, but from a, a young rider perspective, we just need to be a bit more coherent, um, you know, make a pathway through the sport, which at the moment there's, there's big gaps in between and uh, riders are not finding their way to the end. So we've got to make sure that happens. Yeah, I was going to say, what what is the the process for coaching them beyond that next step of of getting the uh, experience in in second halves of meetings and and through the the lower leagues to to getting them into the the, the top league and and representing their country? Yeah, I mean it's it's obviously practice sessions um, for for the younger riders at, at tracks uh, like Rob's at Scunthorpe. You know, Rob does a fantastic job. Uh, with the younger riders giving them opportunity for, for practices and and there's you know there are a few other tracks um, maybe not enough but that also offer that opportunity so you know that's the starting point but then um the training officers that that we're now getting involved with we're now putting a program together to to get a few um riders and ex-riders sort of trained up um right from uh British Speedway's point of view from the premiership from the championship those guys will all be trained the same way that the um Team GB Academy guys are being trained and the No Limits guys. So it's all going to be joined up. They'll all be sort of singing from the same hymn sheet. Um, and, and you know, I think that's going to help an awful lot. Rob, it does seem that the the, the youth scene in uh, British Speedway is, is, is a lot rosier than it has been for quite some time. Yeah, as I say, um, we've just done, I think, we did 13 practice sessions in in six days this week um, and majority of them were the youngsters which was really really good to see um, there, there is an abundance of youth we've just got to keep them focused keep them and, and like Chris says you know there was a lot of them got disheartened um, there was no progression route for them now we're giving them a progression route we just need to keep that route open and keep that that momentum going now um, you know, it's not just about the kids on the 500s now. It's the ones that are just taking to the 125s. This year, I think we've got the best group of 250s I've seen for a long time. And if we can, as I say, keep them focused, they're the next speedway riders for the next couple of years. The British British speedway riders will come in abundance. Uh, but we have to keep the faith in them and we have to keep, the, keep it going. And like Chris said once again, you know, what Rob Painter's doing, what the No Limits is doing, is secondary and that we're going to try and integrate that with the youth this year. Chris is involved with that and maybe give a few more um, discussions on that but um, it is key 
it, it is making them feel wanted and it is giving them somewhere to to end up with but yeah as as, as back to your original question there is uh, a lot of kids about that are uh, interested in turning to speedway which is good to see and Chris, people often compare Poland whenever people say, you know, oh, we should be doing what Poland are doing, but we, we are doing that now. That's the, that's the point, isn't it? Yeah, I think that is the point. I think we've, um, we've, we've, we've let it lapse. We've, we've lagged behind Poland. You know, they've, they've worked um, very hard on their under-21 sort of uh, age group down um, tirelessly over the last few years. And, and, and you can see by the amount of world-class riders that, that they're now producing. So... Um, and they've done that in their league programme, which was why it was so important for us uh, to start work on the Rising Star programme. You know, it, it's a it's a soft start, um, and we need to do a lot more. But but um, plans are in place for it to to progress um, over the next five years. And and you know, I think yeah, it's going to take you know, 2021 isn't isn't going to make a huge difference. But I think we will see see good progression from 2022 onwards. So. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to be to be working with the young lads. I mean, you know, at Ipswich, coming into 2020, we'd already taken that plunge with with young Drew Kemp, obviously exciting young rider with a with a big future in the sport. Um, and I was really looking forward to to working with him in 2020. Obviously, um, it didn't really happen. It was very limited, but he got some decent experience. Um, particularly, i most memorably probably for for most people was his uh, eight points. I think he scored in the British final. So. Um, you know, he made great strides and, and they're the, that's the sort of progression that we need more riders to be making over the coming years. Rob, just looking generally at British Speedway, we've seen a couple of uh, clubs go on hold for this season. We're not going to be seeing Swindon or Somerset, but uh, the intention is for both of those clubs to be back in action in 2022. We do gain Plymouth into the championship, though, and they made some um, big signings. Jason Crump and Bjarne Pedersen are going to be visiting championship tracks such as yours at uh, at Scunthorpe. That's got to be good news for all of the tracks right across British Speedway that they're going to be visiting, isn't it? Uh, it's going to be a massive shot in the arm, to be honest. Um, you know, We're fortunate that with not starting on May the 1st, that May the 21st, I think, Plymouth are our first uh, opponents, so, uh, <laughs> so it's um, it, yeah, it's a massive shot in the arm to see Jason Crump, you know, a legend, and Bjarni Pedersen, um, a legend to be hopefully putting the one and five race jackets on for Plymouth. Um, yeah, I, you know, the championship and and premiership are reasonably close, but they are quite a distance away from each other in in, in real terms. Um, but it is about British Speedway, I do believe, this year. British Speedway needs to succeed, and if we need to use Jason Crump in our league, then we need to use Jason Crump in our league. If he's eligible, and he certainly was eligible, um, he, he does need a shot in the arm, and, and he probably will be the one character that, that will give it a shot in the arm. Chris, take us back to, um, well, last year, or if not the year before, when you signed Jason Crump. Quite a catch getting a three-time world champion in your team, especially one that's coming out of retirement. How did it all come about in the first place, Chris? Yeah, I mean, it's been so frustrating because, you know, a lot of work went on to uh, to, to secure the services of Jason. It was a very interesting time um, at the end of 2019. I sort of started to hear the rumours from Australia that uh, he was getting fit and getting keen and, and, and was actually serious about coming back to the UK. So... Uh, I actually sent him a text and said, do I, do I need to give you a call? And we sort of had a laugh and a joke. And um, I made that call and, and within a couple of months, the deal was done and, and he was on his way. So, you know, to have to wait a whole year has, has been quite frustrating. But uh, we, we got to see him 
um, do a couple of meetings here, and he's he's certainly done um, three or four more in Australia. He's he's just had a, a successful operation to put a problem uh, right with his wrist, so he says he's coming back uh, even fitter and and more comfortable than he would have been in 2020. So uh, yeah, it's all looking good. I'm, I'm I'm excited to be working with him. I mean, I've known Jason for you know since he first came over to these shores. Um, you know, his dad Phil was was uh, you know friends with with. Uh, my dad and um, you know we go back a long way so it, I've never had the chance to work with him so so this will be great. And did you think at any point that you might lose him during the closed season because of the pandemic and Australian restrictions and, and things like that? Um, yeah I, you know I must admit when when we went into the first lockdown it was I think 23rd of March um, seems like an age ago now I, I, I did fear that the longer it went on, that um, you know the novelty might wear off, and he might just he might just change his mind. But uh, I have to say, if anything, it's gone the other way. He's he's got keener and fitter and stronger. Um, he's invested even more, not that he needed to. He'd already bought two brand new bikes. Um, he bought two more brand new engines. Uh, took them back to Australia to to get you know more more work on them and more laps on them and start to understand them because they have changed in the seven or eight years that he's not been racing competitively. So, um, no, I, I can honestly say, yes, there, there was a fear initially, but, you know, it soon went away when I was getting phone calls from him telling me about all his plans. So it was uh, quite obvious that he, he wasn't sitting back and just waiting for it to happen. And you mentioned before about the extra value that he's going to bring around the team in general, not just uh, on the track in the races where he's, he's always a formidable opponent, but he's, he's really going to help those those younger guys, uh, probably not even just at, at Ipswich, but probably around uh, all the tracks he visits th- throughout the course of the season. Yeah, he's you know th- this is obviously a stage in his career where he doesn't keep everything close to his chest like he was when he was trying to win world championships. So, uh, you know, he is an outgoing, helpful guy who... who um, you know, if if, if you, you show him a little bit of respect, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure most people would, is what he deserves. He's a three times world champion, so um, you know he'll help you, and and you should listen because uh, you know he's he's he wasn't you, you don't uh, win that many championships by luck. So um, and in our team in particular, you know we've we've got a um, a young bottom end in in young Geordie Stewart and Anders Rowe, and obviously Drew. So um, he'll be invaluable to those guys, hundred percent. Just to look generally at the the Premiership, it's um, once again uh, uh, slimmed down in terms of the only six teams competing this year. We would have had uh, Swindon, of course, but they're they're missing. But um, slightly different season for you with with uh, some fewer fixtures and and that kind of thing. But um, some interesting teams this year. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, you know, you're talking about six teams and the fixtures. We we obviously the fixture list is out, but it has got to change and. Um, there are very good reasons why it's been delayed considerably since we found found out that the, the new start to the season would be May 17th, um, but it should be out um, very early next week. So, um, and, it, and it's going to be great because, to be honest, yes, there's only six teams, but I think there'll be six evenly matched teams, and with the condensed season, we're still doing two home, two away. Um, you know, the action's going to come thick and fast, so you're not going to have to wait too long for, for, for your team to race in its next meeting. So, um no, I, I think it's going to be a very interesting-looking Premiership this year, and very competitive for sure. And which teams do you see in the uh, in the final at the end of it all? Um, it's whoever's with Ipswich, obviously. <laughs> yeah, Ipswich is one of them. Who's the opposition? <laughs> uh, who will be the opposition? I don't know. I mean, it does look really, really competitive. Um, obviously, some teams have had to, to make more changes than others, and. Um, 
you know, I think in the end, um, in the mix-up, I think Sheffield looked look solid. Um, I think Bellevue looked extremely good. Um, Wolverhampton didn't have to do too much and still looked very solid. So what can I say? It's going to be interesting. And um, in terms of the championship, Rob, uh, same question for you. Which which teams have caught your eye so far? Well, at the minute, I mean, there's two standout teams for me, and it's obviously Eastbourne and Leicester. Um, they've managed to keep most of the team. In fact, it worked. Uh, Leicester did lose a ride and lost Alice Perks and gained Josh Bates. So um, they didn't lose. In fact, I think they gained a little bit there, to be honest. No disrespect to Ellis. Um, so so that, that, them's the two standout teams. Pools, Paul looked good. Glasgow looked good. Uh, Edinburgh looked good. But, you know, there is, it's the same sort of thing. There, we have a little disparity. Obviously, my team, Redcar, Birmingham, etc., you know, we, we, we've struggled to, um, to replace riders that we've lost. But we will be competitive. It will be a good league. Like Chris says, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm going to be emotional that first time that the tapes go up on that first race on March 21st. I think it is or 22nd, whatever it is. It's a Friday. I'll know it. That's all I know. Um, and, and that's all I'm just waiting for. And, and genuinely, I will cry because um, it'd be like two, two years of two years of, of, uh, of pain to get to this point. You know. We we wanted it to happen last year, and and we tried everything in that we possibly could. But deep down, we probably knew we know it's going to happen this year. This is going to happen, you know, because of vaccinations, etc. So it is. Um, it's certainly going to be a special, special week that from the seventeenth onwards, definitely. And that's all I'm really bothered about. I don't care who wins or loses. The fact that we get Speedway back up and running in this country for me, that's that's the key. Well, you're due to be in action on the first day as well, Chris. The first fixtures on the 17th currently, at least, are Bellevue, Sheffield, Kingslin, Ipswich and Wolves, with to be confirmed at this moment. So you're going to be one of the first ones to to the tapes, Chris? Uh, yeah, it seems that way. And, um, yeah, I think it's just going to be good. I mean, as, as Rob said, um, you know, it's been such a such a battle. I mean, there's a lot of people involved in in running any sport, and in in Speedway's case, um, you know, people look at the clubs and and the, and the BSP Limited, and um, and and that sort of stops there. But you, you know, you've got the Autocycle Union who do all the licensing. You've got um, the SCB, the Speedway Control Bureau, who oversee the sport and the safety aspects, and permit all the officials and, and referees. Um, and, and then you know, we've been thrown into. Uh, people like DCMS, uh, government, local authorities, and and all these other people, and and it's been it's been a lot of work. I mean, considering how little Speedway we've seen since March 23rd last year, um, it, it's been ten times as much work as goes into a normal season. And and so, you know, I think Rob's right. It's going to be emotional once we get going, and uh, it'd be great to be involved on that first day, um, albeit away at the Arch Enemies, Kings Lynn. Um, but it'd be nice to start with a with a nice sneaky little away win there. I think that one is aimed firmly at Dale Allitt. We await the response. Um, let's uh, just speak about testimonials briefly, Rob, because um, there were quite a few riders due testimonials in 2020. Josh Orty is one of them. He was going to be having it uh, delayed to this year, but he's decided to postpone that again for the time being. Um, tell us about the plans there and the thinking from uh, from Josh Orty. There was a couple of people that um, unfortunately didn't get a testimonial. I think Neil uh, Middleditch, Josh Orty... Uh, Todd Kurtz was the, the three last year. Obviously, there'll be other riders now eligible because once they do 10 years service, they're eligible. Um, 
it's the same as the Ben Fund this year. It'd be very uh, a bit of a risk for someone to put a testimonial and the Ben Fund in with the amount of fixtures that we've got to cram in. So I think Josh has done a wise thing. He's um, delayed it to 22, and that means he's definitely going to ride for me in 22 as well, which is really good to, to know. So um, I think it's I think it's a wise thing, and, and and obviously, you know, normality should return for 22. You, you just got to believe that that's going to be. Um, so anybody with a testimonial or is due a testimonial, we ought to be embracing them in 22 and supporting them big style. So that's all I can really say. And another big difference in 2021 for uh, certainly the armchair fan will be a new TV deal for British Speedway with Eurosport, who are getting heavily involved in Speedway in general over the coming years as well, because uh, they're also going to be taking over the, the, the GP coverage and indeed running the GP series. But tell us about this Eurosport deal and what it brings to British Speedway. Uh, you know, Eurosport bring 87 million unique viewers. They bring uh, free-to-air with Quest they bring a whole new idea of what they want to do. I mean, Chris could enlighten you on, on the changes that's going to be on race day and, and the package that's going to be shown on TV. But Eurosport are so enthusiastic for Speedway. It's like, it's probably, you know, like another TV company with football. They really believe in us. They believe in the sport. They love the sport and they want to see it grow and they want us to grow on Eurosport. So with that in mind and, and the meetings that myself, Chris and Damien have had with them, um, there's no doubt in my mind that it's it's the best package that British Speedway's had for a long time. Um, Chris Chris could come in on that and, and just elaborate a little bit on what the show may be going to be and how it's going to be different. Yeah, I mean the, the the future as far as speedway domestic speedway in this country on TV is is rosy for sure because you know Eurosport have, have come in um, they've stood by us in 2020 when you know obviously as a as a live sport channel they 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 wanted sport um, we we tried to give it to them we we, we put all the work in we could um, but they were very very supportive and understanding right right from the word go last year and um, it can continue to be so so you know they're looking to to work with us to improve everything about um, you know when when you're viewing um, the sport on TV. Uh, they've got a lot of exciting plans. They want to try and inform um, the viewing fans at home a little bit more in-depth about the sport and the bikes and the riders um, and, and really get behind the scenes. So the programme um, will be slightly slightly longer, but it's 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 tagged on to the end. So there's going to be a lot of informed stuff going on after meetings as far as actually um, watching it on TV. Um, and a little bit more interactive with meetings that are going on on the same on the same night. So you know, beginning updates with scores elsewhere and things. So um, yeah, there's 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 a lot going on behind the scenes. It's all very exciting stuff. Anything that means that you get a longer show has to be good news and, and extra information, extra analysis and uh, explanations about the technicalities of Speedway because there's just there is so much that goes into it that you know many passive fan probably doesn't realise that you know the science behind the sport. It's got to be great news and um, help out the understanding of the sport for for fans um, old and new alike. Yeah, exactly, and that's that's exactly what that uh, you know the team at Eurosport want want to bring to their to their fans watching on TV. So, um, you know, they're 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 investing in the sport. It's it's not just the sport, um, the Premiership in this country. Obviously, as you touched on, that they will own the rights um, and will be running the Grand Prix from 2022. So, um, you know, there's a lot of investment on their side going into the sport in general. So, uh, you know, they they want to work with us and and. You know, it's been absolutely great so far. The talks we've had, it's very exciting. 
It's all exciting stuff and, of course, great that we're just a matter of a few weeks away from seeing competitive speedway back in Britain for the first time since the, uh, well, the end of uh, 2019, really, uh, October or so. Um, Rob, for anybody listening to this who perhaps is a little bit hesitant about going to their local track because, you know, it's, it's sort of alien for many of us to be out doing normal things again. What would you say to them in terms of reassuring them as to how safe British Speedway is? It's it's everyone's individual choice, isn't it? it but, you know, we are in the outdoors. The government um, encourage people to be outdoors. If anything you do now, you have to do it outdoors. That's the first thing to, to point out. Uh, and, you know, we got a lot of data from our meetings that were run last year. We got a lot of um, feedback. We had over 600 at one of the meet, um, one of the meetings at Scunthorpe, socially distanced. Um, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a safe, but it is, it is the person's responsibility as well to make it safe. It is, you know, and if you, you know, you're not comfortable, you can wear a face covering. You, you can take all the precautions that you, you want to individually, but ultimately... Um, we we will adhere to any council um, instructions that we've got. We, we've we've done all the risk assessments already that we've done last year, and and we'll you know we'll make it as safe as we possibly can. Yeah, uh, you know Rob's right. We're, we're all different, but but we are all um, you know working very closely with with DCMS and local authorities, and everyone um, is is working towards making sure, as I said earlier, that, that the fans are comfortable. Um, enjoy themselves that's the most important thing and, and of course they're safe so um you know 17th of may we will will literally be um one of if not the first sport to, to get underway and we look forward to, to welcoming those fans and and you know making them feel safe and giving them a good time my thanks to rob godfrey and chris louis for joining us on this first episode of no breaks no fear the official british speedway podcast and uh, some exciting plans for the year ahead can't wait for may 17th to come around coming next let's get some riders on hey sam masters here from edinburgh and wolverhampton clubs um i'm really pleased and honored to be on the official british speedway podcast no breaks, no fear. Sam Masters in conversation with Nigel Pearson after the break. We'll also hear from a man spending his final year in Speedway riding for Plymouth and Peterborough. Bjarne Pedersen on the way. No breaks, no fear. The official British Speedway podcast. I'm Ian Brannan and welcome to this first episode of British Speedway's official podcast. It'll be here every Tuesday. Don't forget to follow and subscribe or whatever you do on your favourite app and make sure you don't miss a new episode as soon as they land every week through the Speedway season. We're going to be catching up with one or two stars who are in action at Leicester's practice um, earlier this week. We're going to be speaking to Troy Batchelor before the end of this episode. Right now, though, we're going to catch up with Sam Masters, who's looking forward to getting back in action for Edinburgh and Wolves this season he caught up for a coffee with Nigel Pearson Sam you've been in British Speedway quite a few years now um, how would you sum up your highlights I know you've won things Somerset and all that what, what, were the, what have been the highlights of your British career so far would you say uh, in 2013 I didn't get a visa I had a year off um, then 2014 I came back and raced for Edinburgh and won absolutely everything I think and um Winning the final probably there against Somerset in the last heat decider, which was my old club as well, who had sacked me <laughs> in 2012. Um, to, to do that 
last heat decider and win that with and get a five run with Cookie to win the league was that's probably my highlight, maybe. What chance is Edinburgh of doing something like that again? You gotta be in it to win it and we're there. So um yeah, I think we can we can do that for sure with the team we have. We've got a definitely a strong team through our home track and um that's that's the aim, it's just try and win as many meetings as we can. British Speedway itself has gone through a lot of changes. What are your thoughts on the rising star system then, Sam, with you know, the emphasis very much on, on riders who haven't got massive experience in professional leagues? Well, I think it, it, it might take a couple of years to, to work, but um, I think it's an awesome thing. Poland do it, and they get some good young kids coming through, and um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a good thing for our sport. Um, it's... it's uh, made hard decisions for some of the clubs to get rid of riders and, and all that but um i think it's a, a positive thing and you'll see a different a, a change with all the young kids coming through in in the future what about the world championship can anybody stop bartosz smarslik a third successive title or can our old mate woofy knock on the door like he did last year and of course freddie lindgren who you know from from your wolverhampton time as well yeah it's uh i'd actually i'd love to see yeah, Doyley being an Aussie, win it again. Or Freddie being a teammate as well at, at um, Wolves, who hasn't won it. But um, yeah, Smarzik's fast, isn't he? And but he knows what the pressure's like. I think to win two, two in a row, th the, the third one. So he knows what it's like to back it up. And um, he's going to be definitely very hard to stop. But Freddie and Wolfie looks like they've been working pretty hard. Doyley's always quick, and maybe even like Emil or someone in there. I'd like to see do quite good. What about the prospect of seeing Crumpy in British Speedway this year in in two leagues? Yeah, that's um, yeah, that that is awesome, and that that's the shame for a shame for British Speedway what they had for twenty twenty had Nicky and uh, Crumpy and a few other guys from Europe come back to race in the UK because they all know what what it's like to race here. It's good fun and and um, it's a rewarding thing to win races in Britain. So. Um, Crumpy's sticking with us. He's uh, doing the two leagues as well, so I'll be seeing him a bit and um, hopefully have a few good battles with him. Is he um, is he somebody that you look up to as a rider who has won three world titles? I know Doyley's regarded him as a bit of a hero. What, what are your thoughts on Crumpy? Oh, when you're a kid and you're seeing Jason Crump, man, you'd get weak at the knees because he was just like a he was a hero, and I don't forget that. But he, but he still, he talks to us boys like he's our mate, and and that's he's a pretty humble guy, really. Um, I didn't really know him that well until the last few years when he was racing a bit nozzy, and um, yeah, he's it'll be good to race with him, and yeah, he's definitely a hero in our eyes. Yeah, it's it's fantastic to see him back. Is he brave doing what he's doing at his age after so long off the bike? He if he he seems to feel like he's able to do it, so. I'm, I'm sure, and I think he's admitted himself, he's not going to be as fast as he once was. But, um, again, British Speedway, it's enjoyable. And um, he knows he can come and make a little bit of money and, and have a good time. And I don't know why he retired in the first place. And there's been a bit of movement as well with Swindon stepping out of this year. So, in the Premiership, Sheffield have brought in Troy Batchelor now. Um, and, and that's a significant move for Batch, isn't it? Because it's a club that he's never raced for before. Yeah, it's um, it's a shame we've lost Swindon for the season. Hopefully they're back. And um, yeah, it's good that Batch has picked up a team spot. Um, and I think most of the boys at Swindon, other than Doyley, who chose not to do Britain at all, have picked up team, team spots. So um, yeah, it's good that uh, everyone's sorted. 
Just a final thought. Last uh, last year, of course, we did have the British final at Bellevue, and um, Rory Slane, Rue Boy, uh, was the British champion. Sam, you've got a smile on your face now. Um, what's the prospects of you staying here for a few years longer and qualifying for the British final and becoming British champion? <laughs> you know, I just got residency here in the UK, so I think I'm eligible to do that. Oh, you're asking the question? Do you want us to get on the case for you? Yeah, why not? But uh, I won the Aussie title, so I'm like, why don't I try and win another national championship? But um, maybe one day I'd like to still keep trying to race, uh, win the Australian championship at the minute and um, maybe later on in, in my career, remember when, it, when I'm an old man like Rory, I can... Um, <laughs> I love look, you for that. <laughs> I can look at doing the British Speedway. Well, there's one so, thing for sure. Uh, riding in the Aussie Championship in January is a lot warmer than riding in the British final at Bellevue in uh, September. Oh, yeah, it's a whole, whole different ball game, isn't it? So, um, yeah, different story. What about that Bellevue track? It's wonderful, isn't it? When you're in front, man, it's such an awesome track. But when your bike's not set up, you, you're scratching your head. And you... I leave there frustrated, actually, sometimes because... You've had some good races around there, though. Yeah, I, I had some good means there. I've, I've done the World Cup there and had a not a bad bad run there and um i think the tracks changed a little bit the surface and that's from the early days but um yeah like i said when you're winning races around there it's, it's oh there's no other track like it the feeling is mad imagine a grand prix round there yeah there'd be some good racing there wouldn't it so uh, it'd be good to see the top boys all at once in on that track and finally, Sam, just a quick message to the British Speedway fans who've been kept waiting all this time before seeing competitive racing. A quick message to all the British Speedway fans. Yeah, thank you to the, the fans that have stuck stuck with us in there. And I'm sure we're going to see uh, some big crowds this year because as well as we take things for granted, I'm sure they've taken British Speedway for granted in the past too. So um, hopefully they all come out. And, um, yeah, thanks for – we need you fans for – to keep racing and um, be really good to see him again. Sam Masters there chatting with Nigel Pearson and one of Sam's fellow countrymen and uh, somebody mentioned in that piece actually, Troy Batchelor, who signed for Sheffield this season. We'll hear from him before the end of this episode too. One of the teams that's caught the eye in the championship is Plymouth because they've made the move up and they've made a couple of uh, massive signings in the form of Jason Crump and the ex-Grand Prix star Bjarne Pedersen, who's on his farewell tour of British Speedway this year before he plans to retire at the end of this season. He's been speaking to Ryan Guest, who started by asking Piana what attracted him back to British Speedway for one final season. It's just come out, you know, of, of nearly nowhere uh, that my others fit into to two clubs. So um, when the chance was there, I was really up for it uh, straight away. And uh, lucky enough, it, in the end, it, it all turned out. So uh, I'm really looking forward to, to, to be fair and, um, you know, it feels just right. Uh, I spent uh, so many seasons over there, and it's actually, like I say, just feel right to, to finish over there as well. So I'm really, really look forward to it. Yeah. Yeah, like you say, everything has fallen into place nicely. Uh, you're coming back to the UK with the Dublin up roll, a new club for you in the top flight in the Premiership with the Peterborough Panthers, um, and also linking up with the Plymouth Gladiators in the Championship. Just talk us through why you opted for two clubs and how those moves came about. Well, you know, uh, it was actually Matt Foster texted me one night and say um, he was starting with, with the Plymouth was moving up uh, if I could be interesting and, uh, and you know, like I say to Matt, I never never turn to lock any doors. So I was interesting, but it just makes 
sense, you know, like I say straight away to, to Matt, if I can get a, a, a team place in, 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 the, in the top league as well, that'll really uh, make it even more interest for me to, to do it. And, and lucky enough, Peterborough was looking for, for a rider. And, um, you know, I make uh, quick contact to them. And, uh, and uh, yeah, everything was fitting right in. And and I always enjoy to come to Peterborough. It's always been one of one of the tracks I really enjoy racing on. So, uh, so it's great to, to, to actually um, go there now. And it's my home track. Well, let's stick with Peterborough for the moment then. Uh, you've talked about the East of England arena circuit there. You've talked about how exciting it was the last time you raced in the UK. But there have been further track improvements over the past couple of years. So that must excite you even more. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, always, it's always great to, um, like I say, I'm just really just, just excited to be back in England after after sitting out for a couple of seasons now. So it's, it's, everything just feels right. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, the two clubs uh, I'm turning out for, I'm really happy to be a part of them. So uh, uh, I think we got it from some great teams and uh, just looking forward to be a part of it. You mentioned the teams themselves there. Just looking at Peterborough, uh, now there's the exciting rising star talent that is Jordan Palin. But as we look at the rest of the Panthers team with yourself, Hans Anderson, Chris Harris, Scott Nichols, Ulrich Ostergaard and even Michael Palmtoff to an extent. There's certainly uh, plenty of years racing between the groups, shall we say. Uh, what advantage could that bring to Peterborough in 2021, do you feel? I think, you know, uh, first I know... Of course, um, uh, Ulrich, Hans, and, and uh, Michael Pound. Um, uh, of course, they're Danish. I know them very well. But also, you know, I've been racing with with Chris and and, and Scotty in, in the Grand Prix uh, together with Hans as well for many years. So uh, it's actually feel a bit funny we now racing in the same team and we are a couple of years older now. And uh, uh, maybe maybe we are a bit of a different uh, place. Yeah, bit of different time in, in our career now. I'm sure we can click even better together now than, than you know, if, if you put them team together five years ago. But I think now we are looking, you know, to to to, to make it a, a team effort. Um, so um, I'm, I'm sure that'll help a lot. We know each other so much and uh, I think we can have great fun out of it. We've mentioned how you return into the UK with something of a bang as well with your doubling up role. And at Plymouth in the second tier, you're going to be racing alongside Jason Crump again. What a spearhead that's going to be for the Gladiators. You know, it's as, as great as, as also when, like I said before, I look on, on the Pittsburgh team, it's just also great, you know, to, to, to have some, like, some of the old fellas in there. And, uh, you know, the same in, in, in Plymouth, you know, how lucky is it? I'm... You know, pleased with Jason, he's there, and uh, this just make make it even more exciting for me to turn up because uh, we, we, Jason, and me also have a lot of years together in the Grand Prix, and um, now we can uh, we can you know hopefully we can uh, put some of our experience into the the young ones in in the team as well. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, I'm really look forward to 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 be part of it and and, and play my role in, role in it. Yeah, I was going to say, while yourself and Jason are, are going to be rolling back the years, if you like, and uh, giving the supporters plenty of entertainment when you pair up in heats 13 and 15, no doubt. Um, as you've touched upon there, there's a lot of younger riders with much less experience in the Plymouth team. Um, so you've got 
both just as an important role to play off the track. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I can remember when I was in in, uh, in pool when Tony uh, Rosato and Adam was sort of in there. You know, uh, uh, for sure that'll help them. That they got uh, Jason and me in the team. You know, uh, on and off the track. So uh, it's always great when you have some experienced rider in the in the team uh, who they can give you some advice and uh, and, and so on. So uh, I'm sure they'll look as much forward to it like like Jason and me do as. Have you had a chance yet to study the rest of the lineups in the championship? And if so, do you agree or can you at least see why some people might be describing it as the toughest league to call? Yeah, you know, I see some of the lineup and um, I think that, you know, England can be proud of uh, the, the, the league this year. There's a lot of there's a lot of great lines up there and a lot of young, I'm sure there's a lot of young riders coming through as well and uh, uh, yeah, I, I think there is going to be a, be a great season, and uh, and 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 like you say, it, it will be be very hard to to tell who is uh, at the top at the end of the year. And even though Plymouth's uh, another new club for you, when we skim through your CV and see Newcastle, Poole, uh, Eastbourne, Birmingham and Leicester, that's your five previous British clubs who are all now in the Championship. So you'll certainly have some know-how of some of the away tracks. Yeah, you know, I always. You know, like I say, I spent so many seasons in England. Uh, I enjoy to, you know, to race these uh, tricky tracks, or whatever you can call it. If, if you if you look into England, there's a lot, lot of more technical tracks or whatever compared to to Poland and uh, and Sweden. So uh, uh, I'm sure you know it's it's, it's going to be a challenge just to to get used to them again. But uh, just give me some some meetings, and then when 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 the body and the bike is worked uh, together uh, again, uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll get going over there. So I am looking forward to, to get play, to get back to places like Eastbourne and, 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 and uh, places like that. So, yeah, very much. Well, Bjarne, it's been great catching up with you. Many thanks for your time and we wish you all the best for the season ahead. Bjarne Pedersen chatting there with Ryan Guest ahead of seeing out his final season in Speedway with the Plymouth Gladiators and the Peterborough Panthers. Still to come on No Breaks, No Fear, we'll hear from a couple of the 2021 Sheffield Tigers who are getting some practice in at Leicester on Monday, including comeback kid James Wright and Sheffield's number one, Troy Batchelor, coming up in 30 seconds. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. I'm Ian Brannan. Welcome to this first episode. Looking ahead to next week's episode with you um, next Tuesday, every Tuesday releasing a new episode. Episode two will be dedicated to the practice sessions which have been happening. We've had reporters at many of them and we've got lots of interviews with various stars, uh, both uh, juniors and some more well-known names as well. So we're going to share those with you next week and we're going to just dip into that pot right now with some uh, interviews that we got at the start of this week at Leicester when there was a big practice session there and a couple of the 2021 Sheffield Tigers were getting some laps in ahead of the season starting. In a few moments, we'll hear from James Wright, who's making a comeback to regular speedway after five years out. He has been riding grass track, but he's going to be joining the Newcastle Diamonds and the Sheffield Tigers. But first, though, we're going to hear from one of the riders that had to find a new home at fairly short notice when Swindon announced that they wouldn't be partaking in the 2021 league campaign. Of course, they will be rejoining in 2022 after work to the Abbey Stadium has been completed during the course of this year. Troy's been speaking to Nigel Pearson. Troy, you've done your first lap since when? Last October. How are you feeling about it? 
yeah, it's it's like it's great to be back, but at the same time, you're just like, these bikes are fast. <laughs> it, uh, I think there'll be a few sore muscles tomorrow, the ones that you don't use, apart from riding. So, uh, yeah, it's, so far, so good. It's nice to have the sunshine, and it's nice to hear the roar of the bikes again. It's been a big miss over the last few months. That's it. It kind of... You just forget how long, really, since we have ridden. Like, it's been years since I've been here, and just feels like years since we rode in England. I, I know we did Bellevue last year, but just, yeah, it's just a long time. It's kind of like coming out of hibernation and getting back into things. So it feels good, and hopefully things go to plan and we, we do get back racing. And uh, I know I'm looking forward to it, and everybody here is as well. And Sheffield for you, of course, um, big welcome from the Sheffield fans when you were announced. They were delighted. They didn't see that coming. And uh, um, it's a big move for yourself. I think, I think, without putting too much pressure on you, you're going to be the one that a lot of riders in this league want to be. Ah, oh, maybe. Um, yeah, like the, the the Sheffield thing was a surprise to me because Swindon just called me and like, oh, we're not running. And I was like, wow. And uh, obviously, you know, Sheffield called me and I was like, okay, like, yep, that sounds good. And, um, you know, it is, it is what it is. And I'm looking forward to... Uh, like working and racing with them and I'll give them you know my everything as as per always um, number one on my back that's that's pretty cool uh, and like you said there, I guess there is a bit of a target because uh, I'm like the highest average rider in the country and, and whatnot but um, yeah like I'm just worried about myself and kind of stay in my lane a little bit and like last year for me wasn't very good uh, there wasn't really much of last year with the coronavirus and racing and we didn't really get much so it's just kind of yeah just start again really wide open super speed round sheffield now is your home track it's been i was thinking about it before it was a long time since i've been to sheffield like maybe 05 or 06 that makes me sound really old but it has been a long time so uh you know i'm sure i'll find my way around there and hopefully we can get you know press day and some practice and some laps to get used to it before the first meeting I'm looking forward to it, and uh, like I said, I'll, I'll do my best. Sheffield's number one, Troy Batchelor, chatting to Nigel Pearson at that practice session earlier this week at Leicester. Another of the Sheffield Tigers present at that practice session was James Wright, who's going to be doubling up with Newcastle and Sheffield this year in the respective leagues. He's been chatting to Joe Appleton. James, you're making your comeback after five years away. How does it feel to be back on track? Yeah, it's, it's really good. Um, enjoy myself out there. The, the track's altered a hell of a lot here at Leicester. Um, it's definitely a lot more round and it seems in better shape than it ever has been. Um, yeah, I seem to get on all right. Um, just went out there and just held it flat out for four laps and feels like I've never been away. I, th- I think it came as a, a shock to some people that you, that you made a return. How did it all come about? Um, not really sure. I mean, I'd say, like, you know, it's been on my mind. It's always been on my mind. But I was enjoying the grass track and, you know, working and everything. And then um, Rob called me out the blue, really. And it went from there. And, um, you know, I was really enjoying my racing again. And I thought, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's time to go back now and um, go full time. And, you know, I'm just grateful that I've managed to get two clubs this year. And that that will help me out heaps to, um, you know, have so many meetings because that's what I need. I just need more and more meetings. So, but I'm definitely going to go out there and enjoy myself and uh, give it 100%. Yeah, as you say, it's going to be a busy year for you, doubling up, Premiership, Championship, Sheffield and Newcastle. Sheffield, was that an unexpected opportunity for you? Yeah, it came out of the blue, really. Um, got a phone call from the, the Bates family and asked me what my thoughts were and we took it from there, really. And, um, 
I always said I wanted to double up. I thought maybe during the season, um, you know, do a few meetings, then hopefully an opportunity would come. But this came at the right time really for me, and um, I'm just going to take it with both hands. And you know, it'll do me the world of good having you know two two clubs and extra meetings, so it'll keep me busy. Um, yeah, I just can't wait to get started really. James Wright speaking with Joe Appleton there and there'll be more of that interview and the chat with Troy Batchelor in next week's episode where we're taking a trip around the various pre-season practice sessions which have been taking place at tracks like Leicester, Redcar, Scunthorpe and Kings Lynn. And we've got chats with Chris Harris, Danny King, Kyle Howarth, Kyle Bickley, Sam and Harry McGurk and plenty more. So join us next Tuesday for the second episode and don't forget, follow the podcast on whichever app you use so you get it as soon as it's available. You can also listen by asking your smart speaker to play the British Speedway podcast and online at speedwaygb.co.uk. Also, through this season, if you've got an Amazon smart speaker, make sure you download the official British Speedway skill to get a short news update on the latest news through the course of the season. Thanks for joining us on this first episode. No Breaks, No Fear is produced by Nigel Pearson Media Limited for British Speedway. We'll see you next week. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.